All right. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to this electrifying episode of the Geek Garage podcast. I'm your host, David Dassaw, as per usual. Um, and my wife, Lindsay, my co-host, as per usual, is not here as not per usual. Uh, I don't know. I've, I've already confused myself. Apologies. Um, she is uh, not a huge fan of horror movies, and she could not quite contribute to today's um topic at hand um so i brought in a real ringer um a sexy sexy gentleman who's been on the podcast a handful of times by now mr zachary raincourt from the don't be crazy podcast zach how you doing buddy i'll be your huckleberry <laughs> uh that's only a little weird nah, um, it's only weird if you think it's weird okay but, i david don't think it's weird. david my friend how are you I am excellent. Um, we are uh, so a little behind the scenes. We're kind of doing a double header tonight, aren't we? Yeah, double header. Yeah. You just in time for well, I mean, baseball season is kind of sort of over, except for the playoffs. But yeah, um, so we're recording my episode right now for the Geek Garage, and then we're going directly after this. We're going to record an episode for your podcast. Um, so it's uh, kind of a, a neat little switcheroo there. Um, we're double dipping. That's what we yeah, do. Yeah, it's uh, it's fun. Um, but uh, yeah, so thank you so much for for coming on for this episode. Uh, I I can't remember exactly how I came up with this idea. It might have just been something that I I thought about when I was you know uh, higher than giraffe pussy, and uh, <laughs> and I just I was like, oh, that sounds like you know, it sounds like a good one. You know, Leonardo DiCaprio pointing at the screen. Gif. Um, but basically, the, the the idea here is that we are going to pitch a, uh, a an idea that we've had for a reboot or a requel or a sequel or um, something along those lines for a horror franchise that kind of or that that exists already. Or I don't we we don't have a ton of criteria that we put in place for this episode um we have a little bit so basically uh like i said it's a little loose the qualifications for our picks are as such um it can be uh what our pit our sorry <laughs> our okay. pick can be a single film can be multiple films or a show series um i.e hbo max or netflix any other you know show streaming platform it can be a reboot of an existing franchise uh it could be a sequel uh, of an existing franchise or a one-off film um or it can be a movie slash show pitch that was supposed to happen or just an idea we had that ties into some existing source material uh if that uh, if this one is a little confusing don't worry because one of my pitches actually falls into this category. Um, and uh, it's it's my second pick, and I'll go over it here in just a little bit. Um, but yeah, uh, like I said, we are pitching our dream horror reboots. Um, I think Mr. Zach has uh, like three, and I, on the other hand, uh, I am... Uh, <laughs> Pulling up the the rear with uh, with just a measly two, and I was barely able to bang those out, which is kind of sad considering I was the one who came up with this idea. But um, 
I'm excited to to hear uh, what's uh, what you got, Zach. Um, yeah, this will be fun. I, I like the idea of this. Any kind of imaginary or dream style reboot of anything is is fun because it's it's really that fanfic, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I it was for me it was difficult to toe the line of like like how deep do I want to go into this? Like because like the the completionist part of me wanted to basically just write an entire fucking script for, <laughs> yeah. for these two things. And I was like, okay, it's, it's not that deep fam as my old co-host Ted would like to say. Um, so I was like, all right, I'll just, I'll hit the high notes, the bullet points um, and, and try get it as cohesive and semi working as possible. So, um, so uh, like I said, I, I think, did, did I see that you have three on here or did I miss you? You do have three, right? Yeah. Yeah. I okay. have three. Cool. So, um, I guess in that case, you, uh, if you'd like, you can go first. That way I can go you, me, you, me, you. Perfect. Me, you, me, you, him, him, me, me, him, me, him, me, him, me, him, me, him, him, me, First I was afraid. I was petrified. No, you you keep it to the tune of Staying Alive by the Beaches. I was afraid. I was petrified. You were in the parking lot earlier. That's how I know you. Oh, man. I don't think it's we can ever do an episode without quoting The Office. No, it's impossible. I was going to come on here and be like, my name is Zach. I like film. <laughs> Citizen Kane and the Boondock Saints are my favorite <laughs> movies. That is such like fucking freshman year of college. Mm-hmm. Like, like that is every freshman's like two movies. It's like the movie that they love that they watched in like eighth grade and can't get past it. And then Citizen Kane because someone told them that that was supposed to be on their like favorite movie list. That's why it's a brilliant line. It's so wonderfully written. And yeah, it's life imitating art. So yeah, I I, I kind of wish that um, <clears throat> that uh, what's his name, uh, Evan Peters got a little bit more time on The Office. Like maybe they gave him a role, kind of like Pete or uh, or or Plop or Plop. Uh, Kurt or whatever the, the other guy's name Because they're always was. taking dumps. <laughs> you're always taking dumps, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. Everyone poops. Exactly. All right. Uh, anyways. So, I will get started with mine. Okay, so this is a movie that I actually don't like. Um, we did it for my podcast last year, and this it breaks is the, my heart. <laughs> it breaks I, a lot of people's hearts. Yeah, it, this is the Boondock Saints of horror films for me, um, or the Citizen Kane of, Kane of horror Christ. films for me. Um, I, I want to remake The Exorcist, the original Exorcist. Uh, there have been. Um, reimaginings or there have been new prequels or sequels to it that kind of have fallen flat uh just a lot of weird jump scares and we've seen so many damn exorcism movies uh, demonic possession movies and for for the merit i can understand why the exorcist was was so creepy it was made at a different time you know like i wasn't alive in the 70s so i never got got to see all that happen but it's just so goddamn boring to me when i (laughs) rewatch it so what I don't think is boring is is if you bring in a director like Ari Aster, that's who I'm going to have to to direct my film because he has this unnerving sense of dread in his films where he just leaves you like, oh, God, like you just watch it and you're like, holy shit. And I look at Hereditary specifically in that movie. There are moments that you're just like, I don't feel good at the end of this. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't a happy ending. Same thing with Midsummer. It wasn't a happy ending. And that guy pretty much has carte blanche to do whatever. If he could redo the exorcist, I know that's in good hands. 
And who I would have star in it, though, is I'd mix it up a little bit. So I'd have uh, Reagan played by McKenna Grace, who is fantastic. She's been in a lot of stuff. She was in the Ghostbusters reboot. She played uh, Egon's daughter. She's in this new damn show on Friend of the Family on Hulu that I keep hearing advertisements about on my podcast. It makes me not want to watch it because of that. She's been in a lot of stuff and she's a really good actor. She's starting to get uh, in more prominent roles mm-hmm. um, for the mother, Chris McNeil. I would switch it up a bit and I would put Viola Davis as the mom. So okay. McKenna Grace is white. Viola Davis is black, but have it as like an adoptive da- adopted da- daughter. Uh, Viola Davis is unreal. She's so good in pretty much everything she does. So I could see her distraught and have that kind of intensity that that Chris has in, in, in the role of having a daughter being possessed and not knowing what what the hell is going on, especially right. an adopted daughter where she's like, what the hell did I sign up for sort of thing? <laughs> yeah. So <clears throat> you you have your your father, Marin and your father, Karis. But father Marin in this setting is played by Brian Cranston. I think uh, Brian Cranston is older now. He can deliver that real good kind of uh, down and dirty Catholic priest who mm-hmm. who has seen some shit because we all know Walter White has seen some shit. Hey devil, I'm the one who knocks. Yeah, I'm the one who knocks Pazuzu. <laughs> Can you just imagine fucking Brian Cranston like yelling at the devil? Like shout at the devil. That'd be incredible. Oh my God. Sorry. And, and no, you're fine. And and as father Karras, here's the one I love the most. Uh, Daniel Kalaya. Um, he, oh, okay. Kaluuya, sorry. He, he is so good in everything he does. And he's like one of the greatest actors of all time at, at this point in his career. And he just keeps getting better and better. So I would love to see him as the, you know, the, the younger priest who is or the younger reverend who is trying to, um, learn in the steps of Father Marin, but they both investigate what's going on, the the, the demonic possession. It, it follows the same storylines, um, but obviously uh, Father Karras isn't ready to face it yet. So both of the the reverends or whatever they're called, priests, they come back and they, they get the job done. It's almost like a training thing, like they reassess what's going on. Mm-hmm. And you can switch it up a bit. So Father Marin, Father Marin could die, but but Father Karras actually survives. Um, mm-hmm. And you could add more stuff to Father Karras' backstory. And then you could even create some sort of twist in, in the movie. And I think that would be really fascinating. But I mean, you got the great director, you got the star power, and that's a movie I'd be willing to watch. That's a movie that deals more in the the darkness and not so much vomit everywhere i don't know you, you could still pay off you know pay homage to the original but mm-hmm. yeah the exorcist rebooted by ari aster as director yeah dude i ship that 100 percent. i i am on board um yeah i mean we've on and off both podcasts uh we you know we've talked extensively about um about Ari Aster, our mutual love and respect for him and our, our love for hereditary and Midsommar or Midsummer, um, however you potato, potato that. Tomato, and, tomato. Uh, and then, um, yeah, uh, all, all those casting picks. Um, I, uh, the, the one thing, like, I, you are right, Viola Davis is an excellent pick for the mom. Um, I think another good pick would be Carrie Washington, Cause she does, yeah. uh, she's got a ton of dramatic range. Um, but Viola Davis, I mean, she's right up there too. Um, but yeah, that's, that sounds great. Um, and you know, I, we've already gotten a, uh, I mean, hereditary was, it, it wasn't possession per se, like demonic per, well, I guess 
is it technically dealing in demonic possession because it's it's paimon i don't know if that's more pagan or if that's demonic it's been it's been almost a year since the last time i watched it so i i can't really remember yeah, it's probably pagan. Um, I'm I'm not up to date on my demons. Um, I, I yeah, skip I, I skip that part of uh, elementary school. So um, yeah, I, I'm not really sure. But you know, you can insert whatever. But Pazuzu or whatever his name is for the Exorcist, that's what you would most likely do. And mm-hmm. I think you could make it real freaky. I think you could mm-hmm. add some really cool stuff. And I'm looking at movies like Sinister and Insidious, where those movies. It's, it's not cheesy how the possessions occur. It, it's actually right. pretty scary as hell. And even like things that Mike Flanagan has done too, you can mm-hmm. really add some flair to it. So yeah, that'd be super fun. Yeah. Uh, also, that's not the first time that Flanagan is going to come up in this episode or in your episode, um, even though it's it's on The Purge. Uh, He's somehow. a hack. Flanagan's a hack. <laughs> right. He, he hasn't directed anything good. He's a flash in the pan. <laughs> right, yeah. He's just a... He's a He's a movie of the week kind of guy. And exactly. He's on his way out. Yeah. Um yeah, man, that's that's great. Um I uh I mean, you, I I love the original Exorcist. It was probably uh one of the first horror movies that I I really saw at least in in my formative years. And so I, I think it was a right place, right time kind of thing for me whereas you watching it when you're like you know, 34, 35 years old, I can see you're being like, all right, this is some bullshit. Cause like old horror movies tend to be pretty hit or miss like that. Like if you're, you know, if you don't have a lot of like, if you don't read up about the history before, um, and sometimes even if you do, you could still watch it and be like, this is dumb. Like this didn't age well. <laughs> so, you know, everyone's entitled to their opinion. And if you didn't like it, you didn't like it. Um, exactly. It still breaks my heart a little bit because it, it, you know, it's such a close to home, close to the heart kind of horror movie for me. Uh, but um, the book is excellent. You should try reading the book. The book is okay. great. Yeah. Yeah. I could, um, I could probably get down with that. And plus you can maybe just like, just replace all of the movie characters that might be in your brain as you're reading it with the new characters <laughs> from your, <laughs> from your uh, reboot pitch. So yeah, yeah you can do that. But uh, anyways, so uh, my first pick is uh, it is a would be an HBO max series called Dracula colon, a taste for love and blood. Um, I don't know if that's actually a title for anything out there. It very well could be, um, at least for some uh, uh, for some fan fiction, but um, it is now, I guess. Uh, but yeah, so when I first came up with this idea, what I had in mind was a like a reimagining of Leslie Nielsen's Dracula Den loving it, uh, because that's still today my favorite Dracula movie. Um, it's dumb as fuck, but I love it so much. Like uh, slapstick kind of humor, like. You know, that Mel Brooks style is just, I don't know, it's right up my alley. And um, I was like, what if we can kind of like reimagine that, um, but in a a less slapstick sort of way and more of a like a dark humor, like still have like, you know, occasional horrific elements, you know, for like classic horror fans, but for the most part, have it be comedy. So anyways, um, but uh yeah, as I as I 
develop the storyline a little bit more. Um, it, it, it became more into a dark comedy. But anyways, <laughs> so uh, Bill Skarsgård would be Dracula and uh, Anna Taylor-Joy would be Mina. Um, and yes, I know as of right now, Bill is already slated to portray Nosferatu in Robert Eggers' upcoming film. Um, and I ship the fuck out of that. Um, and I cannot wait. Uh, I kind of hope that he does it in black and white again. That would be pretty dope. Uh, but yeah, I I was like, you know, he's he's going to be Dracula again. I I still want uh, want him Dracula in, in this. So... Um, so yeah, in uh, it's present day, and Mina Seward, who is the 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 main uh, female lead in the original uh, Dracula film from uh, that has, um, I think it was Boris, Boris Karloff. Is that right? I think in I the think in the very original Dracula. Yeah, yeah. yeah in the, I, the I 1932. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was him. But yeah, so she is a. She travels the uh, travels far and wide to uncover the truths behind myths and tall tales that we've all been told, such as werewolves, money, mummies, and of course, Count Dracula. Given a tip from a couple locals upon landing in Transylvania, Mina hikes to a giant secluded castle that's believed to house the possibly dead, possibly dormant Count Dracula. Mina finds the castle and eventually a mysterious coffin. There's a note on the coffin reading, don't open Dracula inside. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm so glad that garnered a laugh. Um, I wrote that down and I was like, this is probably not funny, but I'm going to stick with it (laughs) and hope for a laugh. So spooky. Yeah. It's like, I I was thinking of uh, the walking dead and I was like, wouldn't it be funny if it just said, don't open Dracula inside. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, it's such a, like, a, you know, an airplane type of joke, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, you know, that's kind of where like the whole slapstick Leslie Nielsen thing kind of comes in. So um, despite the note, M- Mina de- decides to open the coffin anyways to in fact find Count Dracula inside. He rises to discover he has been asleep for hundreds of years. Dracula now not only awake, but also in the presence of young fresh blood is now torn between his base primal desires and eagerness to rise above and become a more quote unquote independent count. Count Dracula and Mina mutually decide that she would spend one night at his castle and then return to her journey in the morning out of concern for her safety. That night, as Mina sleeps, Dracula is tempted to bite her neck, but then notices her laptop open on the desk in her room. He then spends the entire night googling things and learning. In the morning, he embraces a trepidatious Mina, thanking her for waking him and allowing him to discover the internet. From here on out, <laughs> with within each episode, Dracula... Or, uh, within each episode has Dracula navigating the contemporary world with hopes of learning more and how it relates to the world that he once knew. Such themes would include cancel culture, twilight, grocery shopping, and <laughs> uh, i that's about as far as I got. Um, I wanted to find other ridiculous things um, that are, are both menial and topical for this day and age that would somehow kind of like tie into, um, you know, just things that he would learn about 
present day and, and kind of what's going on in contemporary culture and then relate it back to what he knew hundreds of years ago and in, in his, you know, quest to potentially, you know, navigate this world and not have to, like, I guess in, uh, as they say in Twilight, become vegetarian vampires. <laughs> yeah. So stupid. Oh it it is fucking stupid. Um, but, uh, we're allowing it in this film because it is it is pointing at itself saying, hey, we embrace the fact that this is dumb as fuck. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's my first pitch. I'm sticking to it. Um, I I don't know. It's, it's just something I was like, you know what? That would be really fun to see made. So I can see that. Yeah, that would be really fun. Um, I, I, but it's it's hard with the because Bill Skarsgård is, is like funny. So are you doing. Are, are, is any of it going to be related to like Dracula dead and loving it sort of, I mean, is this, is this like a comedy? I mean, I guess, I don't know. That's yeah. what I'm not grasping. Yeah. So, uh, did you watch, um, our flag means death on HBO? No, but I know I've heard about it. I've heard it's really funny. Okay. Um, well, if you did, I'd say it's along those lines where it is, oh, okay. it's pretty wholesome. But at the same time, like there is a a bit of like urgency and danger, and um, I mean, there's there's no elements of horror in Our Flag Means Death because it's a wholesome pirate show. But um, you know, this would I don't I'd say a little akin to like the Adams Family and that uh, that dark whatever movie with uh, Johnny Depp, um, like ten or years dark shadows or something like that yeah that that, there it is i I don't think i ever saw it Um, but uh yeah it's uh, along those lines so um yeah uh tonally i i didn't have a ton of time to to kind of lock down the exact tone that i wanted this to have but it is it's less slapsticky than dracula den loving it um but still has some of that like corny like tongue-in-cheek dry new zealand type of humor so more akin to what we do in the shadows correct yeah but 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 not like a obviously not a direct ripoff it it would be it would find a way to stand on its own you know Um, yeah yeah whereas what we do in the shadows is more documentary style and this is this would be a little more as a tv show but it's still kind of funny so Yeah. yeah yeah for sure um yeah, that's that's still a show that I need to watch. I I think I got through the first three episodes, and um, I was like so angry that people only wanted to talk about the show and never the movie because I saw the movie first, and I was like, "This movie is amazing," uh, and then like everyone just wanted to talk about the show, and I was like, "Well, all right." Yeah, the show is really funny though too. Yeah. That's that's what I've heard. So yeah, oh my god, it's 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 pretty funny. Um, so I I, I definitely love that one quite a bit. Um, and they yeah, all you need to know is the Colin Robinson, the uh, energy vampire. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah. I'd go see. Yeah. I'd watch that series easily. Okay. Star power alone. Right on. Yeah, I uh, I just want to see Bill Skarsgård in more stuff. And mm-hmm. Anna Taylor Joy, she's one of my favorites right now. Um. It seems like she's kind of her roles are <clears throat> spanning uh, a bunch of different genres. And so it seems like 
she might be able to fit into this like explorer um like a indiana jones meets laura croft kind of uh kind of thing i could see that so uh yeah but anyways so uh hit me hit me with your next uh next pitch Ooh, I'm going to hit you with my best shot, Pat Benatar. Yeah. So uh, there was a 1998 film that starred um, Josh Harnett, uh, Jordan Brewster, or J- Jordana Brewster, Elijah Wood, uh, Usher, a whole bunch of other people that you, you'd recognize from, you know, they were the who's who's of the teenagers, but they were like 30 year olds acting as 17 year olds. <laughs> Um, you know, that old that old chestnut. But basically, mm-hmm. um, that was called the faculty. And basically what I would do is reboot the faculty completely because that movie is ripe, you know, being 24 years ago, the movie is ripe for a remake. Uh, and it's pretty simple. Honestly, you, you follow the original, but you make it darker, you make it scarier, you add some comedy, but you do it properly. Um, the The director who I think would be perfect for that would be Andy Muschietti from who did it both it part one and part two mm-hmm. um he blended the comedy really well in it where there were funny moments but it still didn't take away from how dark and creepy that movie oh, felt yeah. overall um it was it was just so well done and you can you can use that that film to show the bond that these kids have and how much you know school sucks at times so we can all relate to high school, but um, well, if you've been to high school, we can all relate to it. There are certain shows out there and movies that just do not understand how kids are. Some of the shit that they do in it, I'm like, that is not how high school is for anybody. One of the closest representations that I remember was Superbad. Superbad was one of those movies that I was just like, my goodness, you know, this movie just nails it. It it, it nails it home. And so um, absolutely love that. Um, I would then say... Besides that, uh, who would play the characters? I mean, it's a no brainer. You pick all the kids from Stranger Things and the kids from it, which there are some crossover and you can plug and play. Mm -hmm. But I mean, they're all of the age now to where it would be realistic that they're in high school because they probably are in high school and you can you can draw out some pretty awesome stuff from them. But I mean, that's pretty much what the faculty is. You know, it's it's Stranger Things. It's these things happening and you have a nerdy kid, you have a jock, you have a druggie, you have a, uh, they call her a slut, they call her a lesbian, they call her whatever. You have all these different types of characters and you can make them more modern, obviously, but uh, really awesome. The teachers were a great cast too. You had Selma Hayek, um, you had Robert Patrick, uh, John Stewart was in it. There were a bunch of awesome actors. So I would highly recommend redoing The Faculty. I dig it, man. Um, I don't think I've seen The Faculty since the first time I saw it, which was pretty close to when it came out. Uh, so I, I'd have to give it a rewatch to fully like appreciate your pitch. Um, do you know it, it? Have you rewatched it lately? Is it currently streaming anywhere? I watched mm-hmm. it last year, and it was uh, how do you how did the French say not good? <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, it was it was OK. It Very was, much of that time. Yeah, it, it, it didn't really hold up that well. Um, it felt like a 90s movie. It felt like it was made for MTV. But you are in luck, David, because it is on HBO Max. So you can good old, you can stream it. Good old just watch. Yeah, it's um, clutch. Wow. It has a 72 percent rating. Really? Oh That's pretty impressive. And a six and a half on IMDb. Uh, but it's not. I think the idea is, is better because it's just basically Invasion of the Body Snatchers, but, right. you know, told in a different way. And mm. I think that that would be super fun to be able to 
mix it up and and bring in a director who can make it dark like Andy Muschietti. And yeah, it would be. Yeah, man. That, that's a movie I'm willing to pay a buck for. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd watch the shit out of that. Um, I want Andy Muschietti to do more stuff. Like, He's good. Yeah. I. Uh, man, like I I loved the the two it movies. Um, you know, everyone likes to talk about how, like, oh, chapter two just isn't as good. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, because it doesn't have the kids in it. Like, yeah, I, I get it. We we all like to travel back in time mm-hmm. to to uh, places where we we were or that we're not familiar with. Um, you know, it's fun to watch little kids curse and and stuff. I get it, but like, you know, these these are actors too. <laughs> I don't know. I I just I really appreciated both films, and I I wish. Uh, I think he has some stuff in the works. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. He can't remember what he's working on attack on Titan. Um, and then he, oh, really? he, yeah, he's, uh, he did the flash. He was, uh, directing the, the new flash movie, but with everything going on with, uh, Ezra, Ezra Miller, Miller, they're all crazy and shit. Mm. Um, yeah, well, so we'll see what happens, but that's going to be that one where it has Michael Keaton in it and general Zod. But yeah, Mm-hmm. Uh, do you say I say Muschietti? Is it Muschietti, like bruschetta and bruschetta? Um, so I am not one hundred percent positive, but I have been told, and, and I I want to say that I even heard it on the on Eli Roth's History of Horror Uncut podcast because uh, he was on there as a guest, and I want to say uh, either him or it was Kurt Sanga that was hosting. They asked like hey how do you pronounce your last name and i almost positive it's muschetti because those two uh the two c's or the c next to the h or whatever uh like bruschetta or bruschetta the you know the bread with the 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 diced tomatoes and basil and stuff um it's supposed to be pronounced that way like when it's those letters together but i i could be wrong um i don't speak italian but I, uh, I've had a few friends that uh, that come from a strong Italian background, and they've they've said it's yeah it's bruschetta, and so I don't know, doesn't matter. I mean, it does matter because it's his name, but um, but yeah, I dig it. Like I said, uh, I'd uh, I'd watch the hell out of that. Yeah, I think it would be quite good. Yeah, quite quite good. All right, are we ready for my uh, my second and last one. Let's do it. All right. So this one is called Halloran or Halloran. Um, And this is a movie or show. I believe it was set to be a movie um, that was supposed to happen, but unfortunately just got the ax like last week or the week before, not too long ago. Um, So I was still trying to think if if it was supposed to be a movie or show. Sorry. Um, but anyway, so, you know, we were talking about Flanagan a, a little while ago. He was set to direct it. Um, and it was going to be uh, the uh, a prequel to The Shining, uh, where it would be focused on Dick Halloran from The Shining uh, and a little bit of Dr. Sleep. Um, more of Dr. Sleep if you read the book. Uh, which I just did, no big deal, brush off the shoulder. <laughs> uh, but 
Yeah, so I I was like, fuck it. I am going to imagine this uh, because I really want this to happen. And let's uh, let's see if I can make something happen that's uh, halfway decent. Uh, and it's funny you picked Andy Muschietti uh, for the director of The Faculty. I would also like, I wouldn't mind seeing him direct this or Flanagan. I think that they both could do a solid job at, uh, at it. Uh, Muschietti, obviously, because he did uh, both uh, It movies and then Flanagan because he did Dr. Sleep uh, as well as Gerald's Game. So he's no stranger to adapting source material that belongs to the one Stephen King, the king of horror. Um, as far as casting and, 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 you know, directors and stuff goes, that's pretty much the only, uh, aside from, uh, the gentleman's name. And it's the guy that I told you about yesterday. He played, uh, Dick Halloran in Dr. Sleep, the movie. Uh, he was the, the black super soldier in, uh, in the Falcon and winter soldier series on Disney plus, um, the older gentleman, but yeah, he, he played Dick Halloran. Uh, so I thought he, in, in the older scenes, he could continue to play him. But, uh, as far as like younger Dick Halloran through the years, I, you know, you know, maybe, um, uh, what's his name from strange things. He could, he could play like teenage or, you know, young adult, uh, Dick, um, you know, Daniel Kalua or, um, what's his name that's supposed to be uh the or he ended up being the 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 bad guy at the end of loki um the series oh uh jonathan majors i think is his yeah. name yeah yeah he, he would, he's he be really good, as good well yeah um so so yeah I, I i could dig the casting for that um <clears throat> but anyways so um uh let's see trying to find a good place to start this cuz i've already hit some of the points um, okay. So, uh, it opens up with, oh, Carl Lumbly. <laughs> I did write his name in my notes. Dumbass. Um, it opens up with Carl Lumbly as older post shining Dick Halloran talking to Danny for the last time. The timeline starts in earnest as Dick's mother gives birth with her mother, Dick's granny in the room with her. As Dick is being passed around from family member to family member after the birth and it's granny's turn to hold him. She has a moment where they lock eyes An expression of excitement and concern spread slowly across her face. There will be some mirroring from Abra in Dr. Sleep. Um, if you're familiar with Dr. Or if you're not familiar with Dr. Sleep, Abra is kind of like the, the main character who is able to shine uh, same as Dan, but she shines uh, basically better than anyone who has ever existed in the history of humanity. Um, uh, there will be a couple of time jumps through Dick's childhood. Throughout these time jumps, we will see early signs of Dick's ability to shine, although the strange circumstances in which they occur will be quickly dismissed by mom uh, as mere coincidence. However, a pivotal moment in his childhood, um, also similar to when Abra met Dan in Dr. Sleep, is when a young dick of about 10 years of age or around there is experiencing bullying from white kids 
Keep in mind that this is probably circa like 1925, 1930. So racism is alive and well. Um, and they are in, uh, in you know, the, the backwoods of Derry. Uh, so no one's liberated in, in this town. No one's, you know, saying, hey, black folks, like, let's all share the same water fountain. <laughs> it's uh, it's not like that at all. Um, so, uh, a pi- uh, sorry, lost my place. Um, so as uh, as his grandmother attempts to comfort him in his bedroom, uh, but with not much luck, she decides to use her shine to convey the message, I know. Dick quickly sits up in bed, eyes wide and bewildered, to realize that he is not alone and that his grandmother has the same abilities as he does. Keep in mind, this is not necessarily new news to us, um, or I guess to the the people that have read The Shining or have seen The Shining, um, because that is discussed that... uh, uh, Dick has that moment with uh, young Danny where they discuss um, Dick's side of things growing up that they would have uh, him and his grandmother would have conversations at the kitchen table, not, a, not even opening their mouths. <clears throat> so uh, for the remainder of the conversation, which occurs telepathically, Dick's grandmother helps him understand racism from a point of view that uh, not many other black people had at the time, illustrating that it comes more from a place of fear than anything else. <clears throat> Sorry. Oh! 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 Unique New York. Unique New York. <clears throat> All right. Uh, from here on, uh, here on throughout the rest of Dick's childhood, we'd continue to follow him through uh, significant moments, both good and bad. When it really starts to get interesting is when Dick decides to join the army. This will officially begin our Shining slash It crossover. That's right. Yeah, uh, that's happening because that is actually canon. Um, if you've read... Uh, um, oh my God, if you've read Stephen King's It. So uh, for those of you listening that have read The Shining, you know we'll get a bit of Halloran backstory. And for those that have read um, It, you also know that there is some crossover um, Halloran over uh, in Maine or Derry, Maine as well. The next part does contain potential spoilers for Stephen King's uh, novel it so if you're at all concerned about having parts of the book that's like a million years old spoiled for you <laughs> then you can just fast forward um like a couple minutes and uh miss the spoilers so <clears throat> in the army uh dick was known for his cooking abilities and became uh, a mess hall chef he also uh once out of the army he continued that trend um as a job uh he actually went on to help open the black spot being the head chef uh, at this restaurant uh, and bar that was um, built in the, in uh, Derry, Maine and was catered toward the black community, uh, but with an emphasis on the current and retired uh, military uh, members of the Derry community. Uh, And for a period of time, the black spot becomes a sort of safe haven 
for uh, said community. Uh, even, um, you know, kind of ties into that part of prohibition history where they also, you know, imbibed alcohol. <gasps> Gasp. Um, <laughs> Uh, but unfortunately, like I said, racism runs deep in towns such as Derry, especially this time period. And eventually the black spot is discovered by a group called the Main Legion of White Decency, which doesn't sound menacing at all. Right, Zach? No, I no. Mean, MLWD? Like a, <laughs> right. It sounds like a, a good group of people. You know, good. There's there's good on both sides. Um uh, but to to relate it to uh, to something that we might know, it's basically relatable to the KKK. Yes. Um, <clears throat> the rest of it, I don't have it quite fleshed out, uh, but I can tell you what uh, happens in the book, uh, in it, because this is a story that Mike's dad is telling him. In the movie, Mike's dad um, and mom burn up in a building. <clears throat> and that's kind of what haunts Mike. But in the book, his dad doesn't die. Um, his dad and uh, Dick have this, you know, they, they form this friendship and bond over opening this bar and restaurant. And once these, you know, members of this clan come and burn it down, uh, uh, Dick actually had a, um, using his shine abilities he had like a premonition that something bad was going to happen and he actually got a lot of people out of the restaurant in time before it was burned alive um <clears throat> unfortunately pe some people did still die in the fire but uh like mike's uncle took his truck like he stole a uh he bashed one of the member, uh, these clans members in the head with a fucking brick, stole his truck and then ran it into the side of the restaurant so people could escape. Um, and, uh, I, I was just like the entire time I, I listened to it on audiobook, and it was enthralling is putting it lightly. I stopped everything I was doing when, uh, when Mike stab was telling this story, I like, it was, it was so encapsulating. I, I was, um, and I was like, I want, when I heard that this Dick Halloran prequel show or movie was supposed to happen, I was like, holy shit. Like, that's perfect. Like they could put that in that movie or that show. Um, and so I just wanted to see that unfold on the big screen. Um, and uh, I, I thought it'd be so cool. I thought it kind of be like a, like, Lovecraft country type of, uh, of sequence, like kind of see in, in that. Um, but yeah, um, like I said, that, that's kind of all that I had fleshed out for that. Um, but it's just, it's something that I, I would just love to see. Um, so yeah, I dig it. Yeah, that would be, so I, I, I read it as well. Um, it's a mm -hmm. very disturbing book. Um, but I love it. <laughs> it's, it's good. It's just super long. Cause I also listen oh, yeah. to the audio book. So oh, I don't yeah. actually don't remember this part. I, I read it like four or five years ago though, too. Oh, I yeah. don't remember, um, the, the black spot part, but when you're reading it, I was like, oh man, this would be a really fun show. And I mean, this, I think this could be a show because it, this, this seems like it could be the HBO max treatment. Much, mm -hmm. much like Lovecraft Country or like Watchmen, HBO just knows how to how to like completely demolish the the TV show game. They're so good yeah. at it, mm -hmm. and and I think this would be awesome. I mean, I love the the idea of Dick Holleran. 
The Shining is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yep. And it's kind of just thrown in there that he, he knows how to shine and he's a pivotal character, but he doesn't get his, he doesn't really get to do anything. You know, he goes there and spoiler, he gets an ax in the back. Mm-hmm. Him going to the, the overlook is, is good, I guess, because then they get the, the, the crawler, the cat or whatever that thing is called that um, tractor thing. But, yeah. it, but at the same time, I mean, they also could have just survived with Jack being frozen outside. Anyways, um, <laughs> if they gave him justice and, and uh, full on show, I'd be or a movie, I'd be down for that 100 percent. Yeah. Uh, yeah, me too. Um, I do know. I, I believe that a I feel like a prequel series is still supposed to happen, um, but yeah. it's, it's, it's supposed to be more of an it thing um, rather than a, a like a shining prequel. Yeah. Um, like it's supposed to take, I think it's supposed to start in like the 1800s or something like, um, but, uh, yeah, uh, man, it was, it was such a rewarding read. Like you said, very long. Um, if you do audiobook style, it's like 45 hours. It's so long. <laughs> um, it's so goddamn long. Yeah. Uh, ap- apparently someone told me this, um, th- uh, uh, it was back when Stephen King was getting paid by the word, uh, so I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but um, I love all the detail in it. Like, I, I mean, I, I know some people are like, all right, like, you know, it's kind of giving the, the Tolkien treatment where, you know, you're describing the hobbits, you know, walking along, you know, and looking at the trees and walking on the grass and describing every single thing that they see. Um I, I loved it. Um, and I actually got a chance to read The Shining too recently, which I also really liked. Um, uh, we, it, and I'm glad I, I finally got to read it because so many people recommended like, hey, if you're like a huge fan of the movie, like you should read the book because it's almost like a totally different thing. Um, and I'm glad because like, di- like I actually, I still love the movie. Um, I, I like it a little bit more than the book. Uh, but I do like the book's ending better. Um, I, I think the book nailed the ending a little bit better. Um, I uh, especially in terms of Dick, like the the fact that he did get to save the day, like he didn't travel all the way from fucking like Tampa to to, to Colorado just to get an axe in the head. Mm-hmm. Um, or I, I guess it was a yeah, it was an axe, but then it was like a kind of a croquet mallet in the book i think <laughs> yeah um but uh yeah anyways um so yeah that's uh like i said just something i'd like to see um you got one more for us zach oh yeah i definitely oh, do. oh yeah yeah here we go so this is a found footage film uh mm, very much akin favorite. think of like the blair witch uh that's how i'm going with it's a blair witch style film and this is going to be directed by nia DaCosta. Uh, who recently did the Candyman sequel, which I absolutely loved. Um, I'm not sure why people were were down on it, why some critics were. Apparently, they just don't like good things. Those people are fucking idiots. They're that idiots. movie ruled. Nia DaCosta is awesome. Um, I, some of the some of the shit she did with the shadows and the reflection, dude. I was like, I had to rewind it because I was like, oh my god, did you just see that? That was awesome. And I was by yeah. myself watching it. <laughs> yeah. Did you did you know that Carol Walker did all the uh, like the silhouette work and stuff? Are you are you familiar with I'm not, Carol Walker? At no, all? I'm not. Uh, your average layperson. I, I apologize for interrupting. Um, 
but yeah, uh, I we learned about her in my uh, my two D design class back at in college, um, and I I ended up doing like one of my big projects on based on her work. Um, she does really cool uh, silhouette work. Look her up, and like I said, she she did the work for that those parts in the movies. Anytime there was like silhouettes and stick figures and stuff. So oh, I love those. I thought that was so great when they were telling the stories, and then you know, mm-hmm. like lady comes out of body or oh, Helen yeah. comes out of the fire, so on and so forth. I thought that shit was so good. So Nita Costa is my director and this movie, I'm just going to give you the cast. So it's, it's basically going to be a, a group of backpackers uh, that discover Camp Diamond Pond and they try to film uh, the haunted aspects of it because there's ghosts around and I'm a sucker for found footage film. So I think you, you could revamp this one for. Uh, 2022 or whenever they're going to make it and actually make it good. But uh, it's going to start Kiki, uh, Kiki Palmer, Zendaya, Anya Taylor-Joy, Florence Pugh, my scream queen, uh, mm-hmm. Ty Sheridan, Ashton Sanders, and Will Poulter, to name a few. Those are some of the names that I was throwing out there. But basically, they kind of just set up cameras um, all throughout the 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 camp and the woods because they're trying to restore it. And um, they're also trying to... Uh, see what's going on because part of the reason you know they want to restore it for the money but they have to check it out to make sure it's not haunted so you can do something like that this is a very loose plot um but anyways very much like the Blair Witch style campers just start going missing they're not you know these backpackers they just start going missing and you don't know what the hell is going on and you can do some of the shaky camp stuff but you don't have to have it so bad that you get motion sickness watching it but you can really make it like what the hell what the hell is happening how are we seeing this use kind of the things that paranormal activity does except make it more realistic don't make it hey as soon as someone's talking or something scary yeah i'm going to hold a camera up while something's scary like treat it as maybe the camera's pointed down at the ground and you you know off camera hear them talk and then they kind of see other things or you pick up a gopro that they set up because they were trying to capture you know like ghosts or whatever right so everybody keeps going missing and then you have the final two people um, and then this big twist occurs and dun 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 you realize in the final 30 minutes or 20 minutes of the movie it's actually a Friday the 13th film and Jason <laughs> Voorhees is the, is the person killing them and this movie completely throws you for a loop because the marketing it all starts with the marketing you can treat it as a found footage you can you can do it as a the less is more approach just like how Cloverfield when I, when I first saw a trailer, I was like, is this Godzilla? It was something that you probably had never seen before, but you, you treat it as another run of the mill found footage movie, like a VHS or something. Right. Mm-hmm. And then when this reveal happens, I mean, this is like total secrecy. You have to have from everybody. when this reveal happens and you find out it's Jason, the audience will go ape shit. And you're like, Oh my God. And then, you know, they turn around and all of a sudden you hear a that sort of thing. Um, <laughs> so, I think that would be absolutely incredible. I love Friday the 13th and a found footage um, idea is actually what they tried to do before the 2008 reboot, 2009 Mm -hmm. reboot, I think, which I actually really enjoyed. But a found footage movie for a classic slasher like this would be incredible. But it's all about the secrecy and it's all about going into it, not knowing anything. So I, I know that that would only hold its weight for the for the uh, like the release but you could really build it up especially with the director and the cast and you're like holy shit this is a jason movie i mean <sighs> that to me would I, it, I would go bananas if i knew it was a friday the 13th film yeah man uh i dig the hell out of that um i it doesn't 
seem like we've gotten a ton of it really does seem like most if not all found footage films are are like not 100% grounded in reality um, sorry, I was trying not to use too many double negatives in there. Um, they're, they're, they all have some sort of paranormal um, aspect, right? Uh, it, it, I guess, except for the Blair Witch, we we never f- exactly find out what happens at the end. We can, you know, kind of guess. But yeah, like a found footage where there's an actual like masked killer, you know, where, you know, we can use our imagination whether or not Jason is actually like a paranormal figure or not. Um, but yeah, I, I dig the hell out of that. That That's, that's a fun idea. Um, did, did you have an idea for uh, where you got to go like final girl style? Um, yeah. And I'd probably do a, a few final girls too. I mean, I love Kiki Palmer so much and I want her and Florence Pugh to be the finals. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it would be cool because you have these big name actors. So like maybe Anna Taylor joy dies first. Um, okay. you can, you, you can make the final girl thing. And I, I think that'd be great, but, uh, setting it up for sequels would be, would be awesome as well. So maybe they get the best of Jason this time. Um, but it's, uh, they, I'm thinking of movies like, have you seen the descent? I have. Yeah. Okay. So the descent, how they use the the video camera in that as a, we need to see in the dark, you can Mm -hmm. implement that kind of shit. And it is terrifying when they show those creatures behind and they're like right behind the girls. I, that movie to this day still gives me chills because it's like claustrophobic Mm -hmm. and it's done in such a good way where they blend like found footage into the, the, the real filming of it. Um, you just feel, it feels visceral. You feel like you're with these, this group. And so, if you make them backpackers or um, they're conservationists or, or they're trying to re- restore Camp Diamond Pond. Did you notice that <laughs> Crystal <did>. Lake Diamond Pond? <laughs> um, you yeah. don't call you don't need to call it that. But I mean, that's pretty that's pretty on the nose. Sure. So uh, I could I, I would probably have a couple final girls at least and, and make it just super fun like that. Right on. Yeah, I, I dig that a lot. Um, you know, uh, this is another thing that we've discussed a lot, both on and off the podcast. We're, we're both huge fans of Friday the 13th. And um, while me personally, I, I don't know if I would go in this direction, but this is an interesting way to mix it up. Um, and if this is the way that we got... Uh, our next Friday the 13th movie, if this is how they wanted to reboot it, I'd be okay with it. You know, fuck it. Like, like you said, it, it, they wouldn't be able to keep it a secret for long because of, you know, the internet and Twitter and stuff, all that shit exists. But, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I love that idea and I, I need more Jason Voorhees in my life. Yeah, so, me too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I I loved that um that 2009 uh, remake or reboot or requel whatever whatever you want to call it. I just it was scary that he was like fast that he was running. Yeah, I, I don't like Jason that runs after people, and <laughs> that's what that's what terrifies me is is he he's more human and he's got all those booby traps on like those right. you know, those tunnels that he made. Yeah, he's just like charging after you like 32 miles an hour with this giant shetty. He's like, you fucking kid smokes my yeah. weed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God dang weed. Uh, yeah, that was, that was so funny how it opens up like, and you get the, the title card like 22 minutes into the movie. That always cracks me up. Yeah. 
Um, all right. Anyways, so um, I think I think that's it for our pitches, right? We're on to our shit, shit that doesn't suck. Yeah. Cool. Shit that doesn't suck. So I've been uh, watching spooky movies all, um, you know, spooky season for October. Mm-hmm. I watch a horror movie every day or a horror TV show or some iteration. And I've been holding up pretty well. I've seen some classics. I've seen some ones that I'm like, oh, like I watched Psycho 2 for the first time. And I forgot about that movie. I forgot it even existed. I really enjoyed some of the ideas they were playing with. But the execution of that movie is just piss poor. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, it's, it's not too bad. Um, and then I wouldn't recommend that necessarily. But what I'm saying is. That's what I've been watching. I saw um, Smile in theaters the other day, yeah, actually last night. Yeah, I want to hear your thoughts. Yeah, so I'll, I'll give a spoiler free. Um, a lot of fun sound mixing. Uh, I think her name is Josie Bacon. She's um, Kevin Bacon and Kira Sedgwick's, Sedgwick's uh, daughter. Okay. She's great. She's she's fantastic. A really good screen queen. Does a great job of, uh, you know, uh, portraying her character in a manic state and so on and so forth. One of my biggest fears in life is, is people thinking I'm crazy and not, um, not believing me mm-hmm. with what I'm saying, where I'm, I'm trying to tell them something and they just flat out won't believe me. That's one of my, my biggest fears. And she does a great job in this movie. And like I said, the sound is awesome. The score is, is done really well. Um, there are some good visuals and some good creature stuff, but overall this movie was, was so kind of meh, wait till it comes out on Paramount plus. Honestly, that's just my opinion. Um, it was a pretty generic horror film. If you've seen the ring or the grudge, it's the same goddamn thing. It's, Hmm. it's, it's pretty much the same thing as the ring, except it in a different way. Um, there are moments that you know they use a lot of jump scares in this movie because modern audiences love jump scares some are quite effective some do a really good job others just aren't very good and so i would definitely say if if you get scared easy go see smile in theaters um i had these fucking kids sitting behind me and to the right of me that they were they were all maybe 17 or 18 years old and I swear to God, they'd never seen a movie in their life because they're talking the entire time, taking pictures like there was flashes. One was on their phone and I've had it like I'm I'm the type of person that I'll say something. So yeah. mid movie, I was like, can you guys please stop talking? Thank you. And then like the, the kids next to me were on their phone and I it was just like in the corner of my eye and it was hard to not see the glare yeah. on the phone. So I was like, dude, can you please turn your phone off? And he goes, he's like, watch the movie. Just relax. I was like, what'd you say? <laughs> so then I. <laughs> I went off. I was like, listen here, son. And I was like, You're, have you ever been to a movie before? Turn off the fucking phone. And then the, his girl, he was trying to give me back talk. And his girlfriend's like, okay, I'm sorry. I was like, no, thank you. Like, just please keep your phone off. I'm trying to watch a movie. I paid my $16 for my ticket. I'm trying to watch a movie. And um, you could tell it was kind of awkward, but I didn't give a shit. So, <laughs> yeah, my friend who I was with was laughing. She was like, that was cool. She was like, good job. You spoke up. I'm like, of course. I, I take these movies serious. So it did kind of take me out of uh, the fear when you're watching a, a horror movie, yeah. but it definitely had moments that I thought were, were, were well done, but overall it was kind of like, uh, and with the trailer, it ruined a couple really big jump scares mm-hmm. that could have been highly effective. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty pissed that they ruined those in the trailer. So 
Um, I'd probably wait until it comes out on Paramount Plus in the next like probably couple months. But if you're jonesing for it, it, it is October. Go see it on a matinee or something like that and try to avoid any teenagers there who, who you know, teenagers scare the living hell, living shit out of me. So. <laughs> <laughs> they could care less as yeah. long as someone will bleed. Yeah, exactly. So that yeah. one. And then there was a movie that really bugged me and I was telling you about it. It's called Speak No Evil on Shudder. I don't want to ruin it too much, but it's basically a Danish family who meets a Dutch family while holiday while being on a holiday in Tuscany. Uh, both families have kids. Uh, the Danish have a daughter. The Dutch have a son. The son doesn't have a tongue. He was born without a tongue. It was a disease and he just can't really talk very well. Anyways, the families form a bond. Some months go by and the Dutch family invites the Danish family over to their home um, in Holland for a weekend getaway for fun wine walks and and pretty much off the grid stuff. Uh, it's a they're, they're a little weirded out because they're like, well, we barely know them, but you know what? It'll be fun. Obviously, it's not the most great. It's not the greatest time. So they go there. Stuff happens. Um, it's a slow burn type movie. Mm-hmm. The ending is so incredibly disturbing and 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 it makes me angry. It's uh, knives, knives to the face. Uh, it really, really makes me angry. But the reason, so I remember texting you. I was like, "Never mind, it sucks." Because I texted you, I was like, "I was like, this movie's great." Yeah, there was there was a, a very stark contrast in opinions in a very short period of time. It was like within fifteen minutes, you texted me back. You're like, "Never mind, this movie fucking sucks." Well, but see, that was a, that was a, a gut reaction, and what I should have done is stop to think about it because I couldn't get it out of my head. It was I should not have watched it at night. It was disturbing. But mm. basically, what happens is, uh, with again, without ruining it. This movie was so effective and and that's why I was mad about it is because it oh. made me think it made me think and hate a certain scenario and and choice that characters made that mm. I should I should have actually not been rooting for them or against them. I'll just leave it vague. Sure. And I leaving a film and just constantly thinking about it. That's why I was like, wow, OK, that was brilliant. That was wonderfully done. Um, but there are so many moments when you're like, oh, stop. <laughs> and so it's it's definitely a hardcore movie. I, I I can't recommend it to everybody because it's it's quite disturbing um, mm-hmm. and it really got me. So, yeah, it's called Speak No Evil on Shudder. Yeah, good old Shudder, man. Um, I uh, I love that that streaming platform. It's the the user interface uh, still needs some work. It's, it's terrible. A little, it's a little <laughs> confusing trying to navigate it. Uh, like just, just like piggyback off a Netflix thing. Like they, they got it locked down. Like, exactly. ex- you know, um, but other than that, like they have, like they've really stepped up their game in terms of original content, uh, like se- both series and movies, um, and just what they offer. Cause I, uh, I, I've had shutter a couple different times. I, I think I'll for the last three years, I will subscribe to it for October. So I can, cause there's usually a bunch of like classic horror films in there and like B films that like friends will recommend that, uh, you know, you really can't find anywhere else except shutter. Um, but this year uh, I found a bunch of stuff on there. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's good stuff. Um, you, you got any more, any more nope, picks or that's it. Cool. Uh, well I got, I got a bunch, so I'll just kind of rattle them off quickly. Um, my wife, Lindsay, and I, we are currently uh, in the middle, or not, uh, I guess we're 
two episodes away from the end. I think episode eight from uh, in Midnight Club, which is the latest Mike Flanagan uh, show on Netflix. Uh, Zach, have you started that yet? Uh, not yet. I actually need to finish The Haunting of Hill House. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. I, I forget you're you're still working on that. Um, man, I, I wish uh, I wish I would have known that you were starting it. I would have told you don't bother with Netflix. Um, to go uh, grab the the Blu-ray extended edition because that has, I think, four commentary tracks from Flanagan himself, uh, and he goes into some spectacular detail about, uh, especially that um the uh the the what was it the was it called two funerals or something like that uh with the um the episode where it's basically one long shot oh um, yeah yeah uh, but he like he points out where there's like a couple different cuts um mm-hmm. where they they actually had to cut but uh for the most part it's just one long one long cut um and they uh so i i'm trying not to <laughs> go off on a rant because i fucking love that show it's my favorite work from flanagan like hands down um they uh they had this crazy uh i forget what kind of dolly it's called but um they had like the last one in la and the grip guys they went up to him during uh like a a five minute break and they were like um this thing is literally about to break and we have the last one um and, you know, it's the dolly where they can get all those cool 360 shots and go up and down as actors get up off the uh, off the um, the chairs and whatnot. So um, this is a very valuable piece of equipment to, to lose. And so he makes the executive decision to not tell any of the actors and pray to sweet Jesus that they make it through the very last take that they need to do. And then they'll have it in the can. And they do it. They nail it. And the second he yells cut, they go to push it off the set and it fucking breaks. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I was like, oh my God. Like, I could not imagine like that happening any other way. Like where like they would have to go find another dolly. I was like, it's just, it's crazy timing. Um, but anyways, um, so yeah, Midnight Club is good. It's a bit of a slow burn. Um, it is more young adult than his other stuff but like i said it's a bit of a slow burn in in that sense where it starts to get more adult as uh, as it goes on um so like it kind of starts out a little kitty and then as it gets to the 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 later episodes starts to get a little bit more serious so that was really good um i watched mr harrigan's phone which is uh, a netflix film um uh, apparently another stephen king adaptation from one of his short stories that was pretty good has a donald sutherland in it and um i forget is uh, he played bill in it yeah um, i forgot that kid's name but i know what you're talking about yeah um let's see what else did i watch saint maud i fucking loved saint maud have, have you seen it it's another 824 horror flick no, I know you're asking about it, uh, but my friends have seen it. Um, I- I've heard good things about it. So yeah, yeah, yeah definitely put it on your list. Um, and then uh, let's see, I'll, I'll go with uh, let's see, Unfriended. Lindsay and I watched that uh, because she uh, she likes like the fun horror stuff, uh, <laughs> stuff that kind of it, it did remind us of like those dumb like teenager schlocky horror flicks that you'd go see and like the 
the early 2000s they were like you know a dime a dozen like you know the faculty and the grudge and stuff that you know that those movies that were kind of uh piggybacking off of like big movies like the ring you know the ring was like oh i just gotcha and then like <laughs> the grudge came out and you're like you know i know like it was a Japanese grudge, but it's kind of based on the same thing. But anyways, um, Unfriended kind of felt like that, where it was, uh, it's kind of like, it had those vibes of like a dumb teenage movie, but it's not much of a time commitment. And I think it was like less than 90 minutes. Um, and it all takes place uh, from the the view of uh, this girl on her laptop. Like you don't have any mo- camera movement at all. Um, it's all her computer screen, which is, pretty bizarre i don't think i've ever seen a movie quite like like that was filmed like that which was really cool um and then x which got recommended to me by about a billion people Mm -hmm. um zach you have you seen this yeah i saw it when i was in london in april and it was awesome i really enjoyed it it wasn't like the greatest but i still really enjoyed it right um i have heard uh amazing things about pearl which is the prequel to this Mm -hmm. Uh, apparently they filmed the two back to back which is why they were able to put them out so close to each other um i haven't had a chance to see pearl yet uh that will probably be a uh wait till uh dvd or streaming thing for me but uh x i really enjoyed i totally didn't realize that uh kid cuddy was the uh the black actor in that that was kind of cool but there's really no reason for me to know that information because although i've heard good things about his music i i don't know what kid cuddy looks like so yeah um also um on your podcast, I think a year ago, someone made the recommendation of Caveat, and I added it to my list. Um, it's still on Shutter for those of you that might want to check it out. That was really creepy. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's good. Um, and then, like, all the Purge movies. So, <laughs> all of them. I can dig so, it. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, uh, Zach, you uh, you got any any final thoughts about any of your pitches or anything, any parting words that you'd like to? Oh, use this opportunity to to talk about your podcast and and give it a good old plug. Yeah, sure. So I have two podcasts. Uh, one is called the Don't Be Crazy Movie Podcast, where we discuss uh, certain films, uh, what makes them bad or good. I have rotating guests on the show. It's fantastic. You guys should totally check it out. It's available anywhere where you get your streaming um, uh, podcasts from the apps. The other one I have is called the Top Five Podcast. And we uh, two of my friends, we break down any top five list you can imagine. So we will do top five coffee, top five newspapers, which I don't know why that'd be a thing. Um, <laughs> top five uh, headwear. I, I don't know. You name it. Anything you can think of, we, we do. We just did one where it was top five cookies. And then we did one horror that movies. was top five horror movies. And, you know, they're, they're, it's subjective. There are choices, but it's so hard to pick certain ones and Mm -hmm. yeah, it's been a blast. So I have both of those and you can find me on um, the social media. I'm at Zach Dale 60. The don't be crazy podcast is at DB crazy pod. And um, the top five podcast is at podcasts top five. So yeah. Dope. Uh, Yes. I, I personally patronize both of those podcasts on a weekly basis. I I always look forward to your, your new episodes. Um, Your friends on the, uh, the, the top five podcasts are a lot of fun. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And uh, 
Yeah, I, I just I feel like you're you're kind of the the one that's like grounded in reality. And, <laughs> yeah, and then your two <laughs> friends are like kind of have their head in the clouds. Like I don't, it just is has that that kind of feel to it. And um, and then of course you're the the don't be crazy. One of my favorite film podcasts. And the the questions that you come up with, I'm like, how the fuck does he come up with these questions? Like these are I have garbage ass questions on my podcast. Your questions are great. Don't yeah. sell yourself short. Uh, I, I, I might not, I might change that. Um, self-deprecating humor is, uh, is my go-to. So, but uh, yeah, I'll put links, uh, in the description for, for all your stuff. Uh, so, uh, you listeners can go check out Zach's, uh, podcasts, um, when, uh, when you have a moment and, uh, yeah. Uh, if you've made it this far, thank you so much for listening. Um, find us on social media we're on facebook twitter and instagram uh we are the most active in our facebook group uh it's called the geek garage podcast fans and listeners um it is free to join um just like all social media there it doesn't cost any money but if you are inclined to throw us a couple dollars uh we do have a patreon where you can either make a one-time donation or a monthly uh, uh become a monthly patron where you get all kinds of uh, cool perks and you get invited to our private chat and help us pick out episodes uh for the future and you get all kinds of swag and discounts and whatnot so uh yeah that's uh i think that's gonna be it uh as always be kind stay geeky and eat lots of cheesecake Bye bye